tell you something deep and dark and personal now. Ready? Good. If you're trying to tell me that it gets better... God, no, no, it doesn't. I'm trying to tell you, you are not alone here. Thank you. I had so much fun to do it. <laughs> it made me smile the first time I heard it. It's there's gonna have a an intro like that for season three, uh, with under pressure and uh, some audio bites. I had so much fun to do. Yes, I just love the abrupt change. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it's supposed to be a happy episode. So. <laughs> Is it? Uh, let's hope. Well, okay. <laughs> let's start by uh, saying hello to our Philorians. Hello, Philorians. Hello. Uh, I'm Catherine. I'm the host of Philorians United. And this is Jasper. Seth used to be the co-host, and then I ate him. Yep. <laughs> Basically, Jasper, we will see you two, two, three times in the... Two times in season three. Yes. And then uh, you're going to become a regular host in season four. And uh, in the meantime, you can always talk. Jasper's amazing. Uh, we were talking about that before opening the mic, how amazing they are with the magician closet. We like to spend at least five minutes talking about how great I am before every yeah. episode. Yeah, it's in the contract. Yeah. Have to say <laughs> how wonderful I am. <laughs> Uh, just so people know, uh, Jasper and I are right now self-isolating. We are so much in self-distance that we are a country and a two uh, time zone away. So we're going to be safe for the record. So uh, I wanted to do this episode first because uh, most Philorians I know are either self-isolating or in forced quarantine right now because of the COVID-19. It's great. We're all going mad. See, I like self-isolating when it's my choice. Mm. But when I have to, I'm like, no, I don't want to do it now. I mean, so you're I, too, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I was going to do that thing anyway, but now I'm not. <laughs> I've watched a lot of Dance Moms this week. <laughs> um. So in order to brighten up our, our days, we asked people, we wanted to bring people uh, some joy or some, uh, you have time, so you had time to think. That's how I saw it. And as we know, the show is ending in two weeks and we wanted to know um, what, what did you learn from the magician? Because we, like, we, there were threads of what it meant to you. But it's different what it means to you and what you learned from it, I think. Yeah, because it, what it means to you isn't necessarily what you take away from it. Yeah. And I think you're the one that uh, told me this prompt, and I was like, oh my god, yes. I was, and I was just spouting off bullshit. <laughs> but it's, it's good, and I had a lot of people saying like, oh, I wanted to write something, but it's so hard. And I'm kind of happy that people just sat down and think about it. Because we don't have time in life to just sit down and wonder, like, what did I learn from a TV show? Maybe y'all don't. <laughs> so, um, so we got a couple. Basically, we got a couple of messages 
uh, written and also uh, we got a couple of messages um, that are vocals so we're gonna alternate between the two and discuss about them and I don't know about you but I haven't heard or read any of them so I read I read the beginning like the first two or three and then I stopped yeah I want it all to be a surprise fancy okay well we're gonna start with a, a voice message uh, it's gonna be with Finn. I was recording with Finn the uh, season three, episode twelve, when the, we decided to do this uh, special episode. So I asked them what, after we recorded if they had something to say about uh, what did they learn from the magician and hear what he had to say. I think specifically seeing Elliot and Margot's relationship has redefined what a soulmate means to me and has helped me figure out kind of how I want my like personal relationships to be because the intensity of the care that they have for one another is so powerful and it gets them through so much to know that even if they are acting out even if things are bad they still at the end of the day still have that other person who they can trust and it like really drives me to want to like find that like find that out there because it's just it's just like really beautiful to me i think that's probably my favorite like the most impactful thing that the magician says brought to me oh um i really like their voice first of all (laughs) (laughs) um and i like the what he said about intensity of care yes it's a word that I never heard about them, but it's so real. It is, and I, I, I also feel like so often we define soulmate as being in a romantic sense. Mm-hmm. And it is nice to see that taken out of a romantic setting and put in a... I, I can't even call it platonic, because it's it's stronger than that, but it's not yeah. romantic. Soulmates. Yeah, they're so mad. I think that's what uh, is the best, describe the best. And I like that it drove Finn and I hope other uh, listeners to find love in ways they don't think to look for. Yeah, different kind of love. Exactly. I hope that it brought a lot of people different definition of love. Um, so yeah, it's it's kind of funny that we start with Margot and Elliot teaching because when you would begin with them with season one, you're like, oh my god. <laughs> oh my god goals or like uh, and oh my god they're those kind of shallow bitches you know they throw good parties but i don't want to be stuck in an elevator with them <laughs> so uh, let's continue with uh, reading uh reading something uh do you want to read anna's letter i'll let you go first okay so anna uh, wrote to us i feel like i learned a lot i learned from one for one to love myself for who I am and what I am. The love, the book, the show, and the comic all have something in common. The magicians show we are different. We all feel pain and we all go through life and death. We are different and unique, but it's still at our core or self and what it is we should, uh, that we should love. I also learned friendship. When I was at place in, in which I didn't have many friends, I learned to put myself out there and make a family when I was slowly losing my old one. 
I'll never forget people have spoken to or the people I've ma I've made friend with because they've stuck with me in my heart and the impact that they had on me as a person. Finally, I learned to move on. I found that Finally, I learned to move on. I found that to be something I struggled with through my whole life, never wanting to be to read the last chapter of a good book, never wanting to let to watch the last episode of the last season, but it helped me to it helped teach me to be okay with moving on, okay with loss, okay with moving on to the next chapter of a different story, because that's what the magician taught me what life is. M many different story, many different chapter, and once you finish one story, you move on to the next. I relate to that a lot because it took me months to watch the last episode of Gravity Falls. <laughs> it's beautiful like, when you think about um, in season five, the episode where um, Alice uh, bring back Kid Quentin and Quentin goes back to the beginning of the book and he says, yeah, I have transition issue. Um, I don't mode. know if it reminded me of that and how we know that Quentin learned to move on, at least have less of a problem with transition uh, by the end. He did. It. Now I'm just thinking about baby Quentin, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but also, yeah. I, I, I like that um, Anna is talking about found family. I think uh, for me, the fandom is a found family. But also uh, the show, we see them as a fun family as well. They made their own family mm -hmm. out of all these like little broken parts. And I feel like that's a big reflection of the fandom because I know there's a lot of people in the fandom who are distant or disconnected from their family or for whatever reason don't associate with their family and all of that and I feel like the fandom gave them a place where they could get the same type of affection and love and all of that yeah I think the fandom at least for me was the first place I could openly talk about my depression and my anxiety without the stigma of it the entire fandom is mentally ill yeah I think a lot of people We've... were like attracted to the show because of that i feel like the show does attract like a certain kind of person mm -hmm. and i feel like that's part of what makes the fandom so it's very unique it's very different from fandoms i've been in in the past yeah me too there's this like oh my god i feel seen yes and in part it's a very small fandom but that's the thing um, the thing is the fandom is big but it's not because like the moment I I cosplay them or like I go in cons and I'm like, oh, do you have do you know a magician? People look at me with dead eyes. But like the moment I meet the magician fan, it's like, oh my god, get <laughs> so excited. But also like it's kind of an all of nothing. It's not the kind of show that you can be half involved. You don't casually watch it. No, exactly. Yeah, all in. And I didn't realize how big the fandom was until the petition came out. Yeah, there's a lot of silent people online, the people that are not interacting to Twitter or Tumblr or Facebook, and sometimes I forget that. 
And that's something I can understand because, or I feel like everyone can understand because, again, it's mental illness. And it can be intimidating. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't do a lot with the fandom the first couple months. Mm-hmm. I lurked a lot. Because I didn't know how to talk to people. <laughs> and I hope that other people found, like, Jasper and I are, are really close now and we talk outside of the fandom, which is surprising because we only talk about that, to be honest. Um, <laughs> but we talk about everything. I mean, like, we met for Comic-Con and put weird face masks together and had fun, you know? And I know it happened to a lot of people that they met and kept their friendship. And I really, really hope that through the ending of the show, those friendships don't die. That is my biggest fear. <laughs> well, if, if, there... if something Anna is saying is uh, like people that, there are people that stuck with her and she learned to, to keep them. I'm just, I just get worried because there are some people that I do pretty much just talk about the magicians with. And there are some amazing people that I don't want to stop having conversations with. Like I don't think that the fandom will die when the show finishes. No, I feel like it's like the Lord of the Rings fandom. Or Harry Potter. I fell out of the Harry Potter fandom. No, what I mean is like it hasn't been anything published book-wise or but it meant so much to people that we can ignore what joe tweets yeah or like we can or we can acknowledge problematic thing and still love a thing yes which i feel like is very important because i feel like there are some people who see one problematic thing and decide that they hate the entire thing yes and then send me hate mail for some reason So let's continue to the second uh, read, which is Elliot. Uh, do you want to read it? Are you okay with reading, by the way? I don't know if you have dyslexia or anything. I, I do have dyslexia, but I have... Actually, uh, hold on. Let me put this into a Word document and put it in dyslexia font real quick. By the way, uh, there is a font that you can download... Uh, specifically if you have dyslexia and open dyslexic oh. and it makes the the font to where you can you can read it easier um elliot didn't write as much as i expected uh me neither which but what he said and that, that's the last i read after that i didn't read anything but what i like what he said okay <clears throat> let me let me try to channel elliot here <laughs> From the magicians, I learned how to live. The series literally saved my life. It came to me during a very dark time in my life. It showed me that I have people in this world I can relate to and learn from. It gave me role models and not just characters, but actors and writers and crew as well. It gave me hope that things can get better, even if you come from a very dark past. It showed me that true friends can come into your life at any moment and and actually stay and care about you. It taught me to truly believe in magic again. I learned how to be myself and proud of who I am and have confidence. I learned how to be a better person and accept love and friendship. What I learned from the magicians is how to truly live. Whew. And I don't, 
know if it's tearing me up because it's Elliot. <laughs> yeah. And because I have, and I've, I've told him all of this before, I have seen him throughout the course of this show grow so much mm-hmm. as a person. And he was in a really dark and bad place mm-hmm. before. Um, and he was around someone who was very toxic for him. And now that he's gotten away from that and he's he's just grown and flourished, I'm so proud of him. And I know a lot of people have written, when I, I was reading the... Um the outpour of love for the show when we learned it was canceled. A lot of people, myself included, said that the show saved their life. Uh, I think because what we were saying about being seen, but not being like, here's a depressed character and we're going to give him pills and it, everything's going to be better. Quentin is depressed the whole show. And he has... Every character has to work. Yeah. It's not depression, post-traumatic stress, anger issues. They all have to work in order to get to a place where they're, they can kind of handle it better. Yeah, it's not like, oh, uh, someone is sad. Let, or I'm going to take Finn because the... Of course, I, I think of Finn all the time. But uh, her having postpartum depression after losing her baby and, like, burping the log. And people were like, wow, she got rid of it quickly because, okay, friend, everything. But we see in season five when she talks about losing her baby, she's still tearing up. So it's still it's... there. But she learned to move on. She learned not to move on or at least to... Be it can still... It can still be there, but not control your life. Mm. Yeah. Some days can still be a struggle, but it shows you how it doesn't have to engulf you. You don't have to fall prey to darkness. Mm-hmm. And I, I like what Elliot said about the, the writer and the crew. Once again, we are blessed in this fandom that they are really active on on uh, Twitter with the fans. I mean, I'm starting to have inside joke with writers of The Magician and it's kind of weird. The writers are amazing. Uh, the costume director is not on Twitter. No. <laughs> you looked. <laughs> this is a call out. <laughs> Magali, please. Uh, Please talk to me. We we have to interview her. But from what we saw, of like I'm gonna talk about the good vibes to, uh, also, but the crew were talking about it. How like it was more than a family. Like we know when people film together, it becomes family. But it felt like this cast and crew and the writer. It was more than that. Well, you had Summer and Hale hanging out. Jade and Brittany are married, I think. Yeah, I think so, too. As far as I know, Brittany's getting married. I assume it's to Jade. I can't imagine <laughs> anything else. I'm sorry. Sorry, Jade. Brittany's it's to Jade now. <laughs> How many casts hang out together to live tweet? All right. Um, I think it's we're going to listen to someone, someone else. Uh, let's go with Beth. I've learned so much from the magicians that this has been super hard to actually bring down to two minutes or less. 
and I had to write it down so I didn't just cry and ramble for forever. I learned there's no such thing as a sidekick. Everyone is a main character, and we should value them as such. Like Penny says, books, shows, all media tells us who and what to value. This representation isn't just important, it is crucial. I learned you can hold empathy and resentment for a person at the same time because emotions are complicated and don't just come by one by one. Um, grief has thousands of variations, and how we react to that grief is personal. Loss hits us all in different ways. And even if we don't understand someone's reactions, we should let them have them. The five stages of grief don't come in a tiny order or any order. You can bounce back and forth between stages. You might not even hit all five stages. Your grief doesn't need to be validated by anyone else. I learned you can be kind and trusting, but it doesn't mean you're a naive idiot who can't protect yourself. You can be sharp-tongued and tough as nails. That doesn't mean you have no feelings or that you don't care just as deep. Books don't have every answer written somewhere that if you could just find it, you could solve the world. Trauma affects you deeply and forever, but it doesn't have to define you. Even when you think you'll die in pain or loneliness or sorrow, you can look it in the face, tell it to fuck off, and sing until you feel better. That you have something you can share with others to make their path slightly easier than yours was. And I know that when I'm braver, it's because I learned it from Quinn. I learned all kinds of love make us who we are. The people we love, the places we love, the things we love. Everyone's life touches other lives, ripples out into an untold legacy, and it's best if that legacy is one of love. It always comes back to love. Um, first of all, fuck you. <laughs> Oh god, when the when the voice broke a little bit. Yeah. Um, that that got me. Um, I like that Beth talked about that emotion can be complicated. Emotion I like the emotions are complicated and you don't get to judge someone for how they handle grief because how they handle things is, is subjective and based on their personal feelings and experiences and ideas. And there's not a right or wrong. And yeah. there's, it's a senseless process tailored to each individual. And there's no map or guide to help you be like, this is the first stage. Now you feel this. This is, now you feel this. Yeah. It's, like a labyrinth that. that keeps taking you back to emotions. Yeah, like that. She was saying that, that you bounce between the stages. It's not something that we hear a lot, and I like that. And I appreciate that. Um, also, that your grief doesn't need validation. And also, I like the uh, you can be tr kind and trusting and be tough. Finn. But, um, yeah, if I start talking about Finn, I'm never going to shut up. But uh, that is something that we learn with others also, that, like, you can be a, a bitch, but, like, if you don't soften to people a little bit, you're going to be alone. And that's what happened with Margot. Yeah, she... And I feel like she's gone through this yeah. several times. And it just keeps coming back to putting up defensive walls. Well, it's our coping mechanism. Which is not a good coping mechanism. 
And uh, lastly, I like that she said that there's all kind of love that goes back with what we were saying with Finn. How Elliot and Margot love each other, but it's not anything romantic. And yet it's not just platonic. There's love that defies yeah. description. And I, I feel a lot like, especially with talking about the going through grief and everything, uh, there's a divide in the fandom regarding Elliot mm-hmm. and Sebastian. And people saying, you know, oh, it's too soon after Quentin for him to date and all of that. And I don't think that's something anyone can definitively yeah. say. Because when you lose someone, some people go years without mm-hmm. dating again. Some people don't. It's And also I think Sebastian was a, is a different kind of... Sebastian was grieving too. And it was someone that got Elliot's grief. Which is not like he doesn't get that from anyone else but Alice in the gang. Also, I wanted to say Julia is grieving, she's just not talking about it. Julia's grief is to yeah. do something. Anything. Just not move, move on, <laughs> distract, just yeah. keep moving yeah. like a shark. Just. She's very much a distractor. She will distract herself from everything going on. And like we see when she starts to have a breakdown in the in jail with Elliot, that like, oh, that was the first time that she stopped since the apocalypse thing we started. Yeah. And when she stops, it brings on all of these things she doesn't want to feel or feel like she has time to feel well i think beth was really saying it when she was saying that um the stage of grief are different and you navigate through them differently and nobody like i think um alice's mom say like you do what you need to do to grieve yeah alice's mom's advice is bad by the way it was bad but Um, it was it was what Alice needed to get out of her, her bed. Yeah, then Alice ended up t- trying necromancy. <laughs> but also, like, no, but I, I just, I, I know there's a lot of um, discussion to have about Quentin's death, and we're not going there. But, and I know a lot of people are frustrated that the characters are not sad all the time. Or they felt like, okay, we endowed their grief, and now we're doing something else, but there's a beauty in them continuing to live and doing stuff out of grief that they don't realize it's out of grief. Yes, exactly. Because that's life. Life is not just being sad in the middle of your couch. And that, that's one of the things. After a loss, at some point, you have to keep going. Anyway, we really uh, went away here. Um, <laughs> do you want to... Uh, Talking of Penny, Arjun uh, tweeted something amazing when we watched last week's episode, and I asked him if I could read it in the in the episode. Do you want to read it? Because I know you love Arjun. Okay. 
Okay. I hope this comes out with all the love it's intended. I feel like Penny's talking to all y'all that are worried about not being seen with the show leaving, and even myself who's going to miss the show. The desire to hide, to be safe, is valid and smart, but we owe it to ourselves to put ourselves out there. Be honest about who we are while respecting boundaries and see how much the universe has in store for us. Because I believe it has beautiful things in store for all of us and all of you. He didn't have to do that. It's beautiful because I think we see that in Penny a lot. And to put so much of himself out there so that Julia understood why he was going to stay and be there. And also why he was, in a way, afraid to stay and be there. See, that's what I like about Arjun's tweet. It's He talks about boundaries, which is something I think in The Magician that the characters are learning more and more. Uh, I think in the episode 11 of season 5, they finally reached Spence, which took way too long. Uh, but yeah. every every single character snapped at one point saying, like, no, I had too much. Like, like this is my boundary. I'm not doing that. Uh, in each season, we talk, we in uh, the podcast, we talk about, in the recap of uh, post-traumatic growth, which is the idea mm-hmm. that you can grow from trauma. I think this show is the best acknowledgement of that because their trauma don't go away for next week's episode. No, it it stays through season. And sometimes it doesn't show up before like weeks because that's sometimes that's how trauma happens. Sometimes it be like that. Sometimes everything's fine and then you're like, oh, remember that one horrible thing that happened? Yeah. That was awful. And then you're like, what the fuck? I was trying to eat nachos. <laughs> I wanted to enjoy my dinner. All right, let's go with another email I'm going to read. It's from Alicia. I've come late to the party, but this show has really, really had an impact on me. It's not really that I learned something new as much as it reminded me of stuff that sometimes needs to be reminded. Things I learned in, in years of reading fantasy novels, most, <laughs> mostly, it reminded me that I'm not alone. It doesn't matter if it's a fictional world that only exists in books and celluloids and mostly in my head. I'm not alone, even if others may find it difficult to understand. And as someone who has been depressed and anxious half of her life, I also kind of appreciate the take on depression. How the deans tell Q that his depression is just him not fitting in the normal world, the one without magic. I know it's silly, but it's nice to think, even for a minute, that the problem is not me or not my brain, but that the that a world without magic it, uh, simply isn't enough. Whew, sorry, I'm about to cry. And also, I don't know... I think I, hold on. Whew, I'm having emotion. You want me to finish it? Yeah, please. My God, why am I crying? <laughs> Very emotional. And also, I don't know, I think I was reminded of a bunch of other stuff too. For instance, that I can unapologetically be who I am because it took me an entire life to get there. And I'll take myself somewhere else at some point whatever i'll be i'll be me no matter the labels or expectations of other people or whatever jesus christ alicia <laughs> whoa you broke you broke cat yeah 
That's how I feel too. <laughs> I will say this real quick. Dean Fogg gives bad advice. Take your meds. Yes, on that part, take your meds if you feel like if you think that meds helps you. Even if you find yourself in a magical world of fantasy and centaurs and horses you want to fuck, but, take your bets. But also, I like the idea, me too, that... And it's something I'm, I'm talking with my therapist right now of how um, I don't fit in society's norm, but it doesn't mean I'm wrong. Being... What am I trying to say? Being outside the realm of someone else's understanding doesn't mean you're not understood. Yeah. And also, the, the, the talk about being, like reading a lot of fantasy reminds me of a quote that I will always carry with me in Harry Potter, saying, of course it's in your head, Harry, doesn't mean it's not real. Not Harry. I think... Um, Harry, you beautiful idiot. Uh, but I think it's the same thing for Quentin and Fillory and us with the magician. The love we carry from the show and for each other and from the fandom and from the fan arts and the fan fiction and the tweets of us screaming while something is happening <laughs> and the memory, we, the memory we created, it's always going to be there. And it, even if it's about a magical show and something that's not real, the show takes on a very real aspect in people's lives. It's. I think I was trying to. I was talking to Danny about this the other night. It's. It's more than a show or a book series. But I don't have the words to explain what it is. Well. Harry Potter and Sa- in the sacred text, we're talking about what, what makes a text sacred. And usually it takes a life of its own outside of what the writer or the author intended. And Harry Potter is that, it's told that. I think the magician is one of the fandom that I know after the show ends, it's still going to be there because it, it became more than just... Lev's work and what Sarah and the and John's and their writing crew did. I don't think Lev could have possibly envisioned this happening. <laughs> I think they, for me, Fillory's as real as a Hogwarts. With more drugs. Yes, Hogwarts <laughs> on drugs. <laughs> what? Yeah, I love I love how magic is not a simple wave of a wand in the show, but it's math. It's math, which means I will be terrible at it. But also that uh, I'm good at math. But also how everything is complicated, like magic, emotion, love, grief, uh, kindness. Nothing is black or white in this world. Like, there's no Voldemort. Even, or Voldemort, that would be the beast. He was just not born evil. He was created. No, he was... Which is a, another parallel I, I have enjoyed throughout the season is how trauma affects people differently. And the, the beast decided to become 
powerful out of trauma. Yeah. And Julia became soft. Hmm. I, well, soft sounds bad. No, no, yeah. I like it. Just okay. So, just okay, you know what I mean. It's softened. Yeah. I think Alice, too. As the next uh, read, I know I saw my name in it. So I don't want to read it because that's going to look self serving. So can you read <laughs> it, please? I can't read it. They talk about me. Tell me what they said about me. Well, it's just weird of me reading about myself. I understand. (laughs) Though I love the show and its deep characters and insane shenanigans, I'm more grateful for the absolutely wonderful community I've found through it. I've not only interacted with and experienced the love and endless support of the cast and writers, but I've also had the pleasure of talking to the most amazing human beings on the face of the planet, the fans. Sorry, I got lost. There are so many amazing people with whom I've come into contact, but I'd like to focus on one of my true favorites, your very own Catherine. Or as she's known, High King Finn. <laughs> I cannot even put into words how much I admire her. Did I ghostwrite this? <laughs> what people don't see is right now I'm hiding behind my hands and I'm blushing. Yeah, we need video. <laughs> I did my makeup and everything. <laughs> I cannot even put into words how much I admire her. She's done so much work for this fandom and has remained such a lovely, warm, positive, shining light in a sea of negativity and bitterness. I'm so, so, so grateful for her endless kindness and love. Thank you, Kat. You're truly amazing. And I think Lydia speaks for all of us in that. Um, Kat was... The one person who I think kept a lot of the fandom alive. (laughs) I don't think it's true. Okay, well, that's because you don't see yourself the way that the rest of us can see you. Because you have depression and anxiety and those monsters don't reflect as well. (laughs) Well, I, 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 I know I'm active in the fandom and I'm blessed that people love what I do and encourage me. And that's something that I actively decided at the end of season four is to choose kindness. Um, I agree with Lydia that after season four, there was a lot of bitterness and anger. And I didn't want to be another voice in that. And it's hard. I, I won't, like, I won't deny that sometimes I receive hate and instead of, like, just snapping back at them, I have to walk away from it and think and answer back or just not answer. I couldn't be that kind and that creative if I didn't have people such as Lydia, such as Jasper, so all the fans that are also reaching out to me just saying, hey, thank you for doing stuff. It's weird, but guys, I need validation. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, I, I, I started to go back to writing and to I learned to edit on Photoshop because of this fandom. And it was because people took the the time of like 
when I was messing up, just saying, hey, by the way, and here's how I make it, and not instead of blasting me. And this kindness, I wanted to repay by being triple, triply kind in a time of darkness. And I think that as season five arrived, the love of the backlash of season four was coming and there was a wall of goodness from other people. It was just not me on the front line, deciding to love the show despite its flaws. I think kindness brings kindness. And there's enough hate in this world for me to put more online. And kindness and softness don't mean that you're someone who can be stepped on or looked past. I don't want to like dwell on it because honestly, thank you, Lydia. And thank you, everyone that just took the time to say that they appreciate my work. I, I work hard for this fandom because this fandom is my family. And, I and if you want to join now. the cat fan club, I am the president and uh, you can sign up by DMing me. I am really bad at messaging back though, so. All right, well, let's continue with another voicemail from uh, Kristen. I'm sad about the magician's ending for so many reasons. My absolute favorite book series as a child was the Chronicles of Narnia. I wanted to go somewhere different, where ordinary people did extraordinary things, where your seemingly unimportant self had exactly what it took to save the world or to create a new one. Then in high school, I discovered a deeper love of fantasy with Lord of the Rings. I wanted to go on a quest with a close-knit group of friends. Right after that, I found Harry Potter. I wasn't allowed to read them for the longest time. Yay, pastor's kid. <laughs> but when I did, I distinctly remember finishing Deathly Hallows in a 24-hour book binge. My mom came in to wake me the next morning and found me crying in bed, having just finished the end of something that I never wanted to be over. My love of secret worlds and epic quests and magic is deeply a part of who I am as an adult. Then along comes these commercials for a sexy adult show about magic. I was absolutely intrigued. I watched the first four or five episodes, remembered I had audible credits burning, and started the audiobooks midway through watching season one, and well, here we are. I've always been a fangirl, but The Magicians is the first fandom I found and dove headfirst into as an adult. It's everything that I ever wanted in a fantasy world. There's Fillory with its talking animals and magic creatures, kings and queens and forests and oceans. The Narnia that I love, but without all the religious undertones. There's quests of epic world-saving proportions that can be undertaken by ordinary people. The smallest halfling or the one with the gift of minor mending. And there is magic. There's magic in the awkward, nerdy guy who never thought he was special. There's magic in the smart women. There's magic in the tough women. There's magic in the queers. There's magic in the HBICs. There's magic in the stoners. And there's even magic for the people who didn't make it into the fancy magic college. The part of me that always wanted to enter a wardrobe and find a lamppost in the snow, or walk through a wall between train platforms and study at a magic school, or find a powerful ring and save the world... That part of me came completely alive again and found hope in the magicians, and that's why I'm so broken about it ending. I don't want to lose that again. Kristen, can I come and hug you with social distance in, in, in between? <laughs> it's, uh, I think it's beautifully put this idea of adult fandom. 
they're right though. The the finding magic again. It's it, it like I, it blew my mind because that's exactly that. I think I found in in magician what I found in Harry Potter when I was a, a kid reading it at eleven. Yeah, and it it just it brought back something that you really did think was lost and had ended. Um, but I, I liked um, also that like there's this idea of Narn like it's kind of Narnia without the religious undertone. I have been meaning to ask Lev the last two years at Comic-Con if part of why The Magicians was written, because I feel like everyone has this moment where we grew up with the Chronicles of Narnia and we loved it. Canadian. And then we, okay, well, everyone who's not Canadian or cat specifically. <laughs> You grew up with the Chronicles of Narnia, and you loved it, and then you woke up and you're like, wait a second. That <laughs> was creeping to me. As a child, you're not going, the lion is God. As an adult, you wake up and you're like, wait a second. That book tricked me. I'm going to write an angry fantasy novel about drugs and depression. Uh, but just, just so you know, Kristen, the show will be finished. The fandom will not. And if you need to come to uh, here and yell about how much you love it, it's you're always going to have it here. Break bills will always be there to welcome you home. Also, uh, I love how you talk about magic, how it was there for Quentin, but for Julia, but for Alice, but for Katie. Everyone that's fucking magic is a fan, goddammit. Sometimes you uh, have to find your own in the in a meat locker freezer. I mean, sure. <laughs> but I, just much like magic, I don't think it will go away. You just gotta fight for it sometime. And I don't think the fandom will go away, so I wouldn't worry about that. I like the idea that sometimes you have to fight for magic. You do. That's the whole show. It's them fighting to get magic or bring magic back or have magic or not having magic. Sometimes magic goes away and you have to get special keys to bring it back. Sometimes you're a god and then you're not. Sometimes you cross timelines. Sometimes you grow some extra fingers. Sometimes you lose fingers. Sometimes you lose both your hands. You know, these kids have got some issues from the wrist down <laughs> all right let's continue with another email from katie i love katie uh do you want to read, read it, it. Do you want me to read i read it? the last one sometime when we leave our old self behind it's for a good reason other times though it's not for really a good reason at all maybe someone a classmate a sibling a parent a friend a partner dismisses what we love, saying it's boring or childish or unpopular, even wrong. Why does she write what I say in therapy? Um, (laughs) So when we hide it or force ourselves to agree with them to survive, and sometimes, thanks to our own mental health or thanks to those, those same people, we get broken into pieces. The magician, though, taught me to wake up and remember who I used to be. Like many of us, I was broken when I found this life-saving show. I left most of my imagination, my hope, and my self-love behind. 
it was the byproduct of being in pieces. It was cemented in my brain that the happy person I used to be was gone. That it couldn't be fixed, it didn't deserve to be. But I saw Quentin remember that what he loved all his life was real and important, even if it was different than what he imagined. He remember one day that being a hero doesn't mean beating the evil bad guy. It means living a fulfilling life with someone you love, despite this darkness constantly weighing you down. And that is some powerful magic. I saw Elliot remember how he thought himself as someone afraid of having someone good and true love him. And then I saw Elliot decide to also remember that, to also remember he really is someone worthy of that love. Margot in the desert remain, remember that she can be smart and pretty and strong. Both pennies remind, remember that they don't always both of pennies remember that they don't always have to guard their heart from the people who love them. Alice remember humanity after being an infant and later remember that she can be okay with magic again. I could say something about every character too. I saw myself in them. I still do. I see them broken and seeing them slowly fixing themselves and being fixed by others. I used to be someone who loves stories and people and the potential of good things. I'm still working on it, but I'm becoming that person to, again today. I can heal others with my words. I can heal myself with hope. I can make my, I can, blah, blah, I can make new life-changing fr friendship and reinforce and treasure the relationship I already have. The magician taught me all of this. I've woken up, remember who I used to be and discover that I'm still that person whether my pieces are back together again or still waiting for some minor mending. <laughs> so that was illegal. Um, can I tattoo that on my face? Um, there's not enough room. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful, Katie. Thank you very, very much. I, I don't even know I... how to respond to that. <laughs> Let's just say yeah. Katie, Katie wins something. <laughs> I think uh, uh, Katie and uh, Karen just put in towards why why I'm so devoted to the fandom. I also woke up because of the show. I thought that being an adult meant not loving things as much as you should. Because I've seen people without a fan. What do people without fandoms do during their night? I have been wondering that for years. What do Anyway, I thought you had to be that person to be an adult. And you don't. And, yeah. Man, I love this show. I really like the bit she said about Elliot. As being someone afraid of having something good and true and having to learn that he's he's worthy of love and is allowed to have nice things. I also love that um, waking up from who you, you want, you thought you had to be for who you want to be doesn't mean that you're whole. You need some minor mending and it's okay. 
it's okay to need some minor mending. Yeah. Just don't do it in the same place. Yeah, don't. That's a bad place. <laughs> just don't don't go there. It's a bad place in general. Yeah. All right. Let's go with Karen because I have nothing else to say. I'm just like whoa. Ah. Um. <laughs> uh, okay. So Karen. <laughs> I learned many things from the magicians. I learned that it was okay to be myself, to be the high-strung super nerd, to be the, to be loud and a bitch. I remembered how to find the strength inside myself. I learned that it's okay to let people in, to let them see the real me. I learned that I deserve love no matter what I've been through. But most of all, it gave me an escape from the chaos and stress of my life. It gave me new friends and a community of people who care about me. And as someone who struggles with making friends because I'm usually seen as being too much, it's been amazing. Aww. Well, that's sweet. I love how in almost every single thing we got today, people learn to be themselves. That it was okay. And that they don't have to like you were saying earlier, hide behind who they're supposed to be. Okay, so let's go with uh, Gael and you. I don't know how you say it in English. I, in French, we say Gael. I call them silver. <laughs> hey, there you go. They're really cool. Uh, so go ahead. Okay, I just took my Adderall, so I should be good and fo- <coughs> focused again. I love that we hear your dad rambling in the back. Yeah, I love it. You get the background noise of my dad on the phone dealing in antiques, so I'm going to try to talk loud. Sit, please send in a, a, a tell us how to pronounce your name, because I'm just going to call you Silver. <laughs> and I'm going to start this over. First, I'd always been really, really bad at asking for help when I need it, and those tendencies are still a little bit, bit a part of me. The messages that the magicians had about not having to do everything by yourself were so important for me to see. Some things that require cooperative magic and reaching out when you need to reach out isn't a sign of weakness, though the Phantom taught me that as well. Secondly, but no less important, this is going to sound so cliche, but the magicians, specifically A Life in the Day, taught me about the beauty of all life. I grew up with these huge ambitions about changing the world and touching every life I possibly could. And while that did get curbed a bit growing up, this hunger and guilt that I should be doing bigger things that still kept me up at night, some nights in particular, I could cry even just thinking about it. A good life doesn't have to be material. It can just be a house full of love, a puzzle to solve, and of course, fresh produce. Finally, I think I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about Elliot and the things I learned about myself with regard to my gender and desire it's aesthetic. The short version is that it's exactly it, both on Earth and Fillory. The short version is that's exactly it, both on Earth and in Fillory. Obviously, that's another thing that was really important for me to see. As deeply as it saddens me, I don't think there'll ever be another character quite like Elliot. I treasure him so much. That's all I've got for you, but shout out to this fandom for being so kind to me and bringing me to some of the greatest people I've ever met. All my love to you for a long time to come. (laughs) Well, I really like what uh, you said about uh, cooperative magic. I think um, when you think about it, those who use more, more cooperative magic are the hedges. And you know what? None of us got into break bills, so we need cooperative magic. (laughs) And um, 
yeah, asking for help isn't a sign of weakness. I think it's a message that we tell each other a lot in the fandom. Mm. Even when we, I remember uh, sometimes we see, I see that on Tumblr or on Twitter of someone saying, hey, I decided to go see a therapist. And other were like, all right, yeah, go, you know? I've, I've thought about it a lot because I'm like, you know, most people, Jasper, would not have put up with your bullshit. Yeah, I think the fandom have this special kind of people that do that for you. I, I, I read so much story of people saying like, oh, I've met my best friend, or I met someone that changed my life through this fandom. And I think that's because we let each other be vulnerable in front of another. Talking about a life in the day, I think just gut punched me because it's something that I'm working on a lot. I have this idea that I need to change the world too. You have and changed. I think you know it right. It's still hard to say, like, uh, or Gail, that to say that sometimes it's just living your life and have it full of love. It doesn't have to be big to be good. Here's my thought. Not just, not just Kat. Everyone in this fandom has changed the world. On it doesn't have to be on a grand level. This fandom, the people, I would not, I don't know where I would be, but it's not here. You guys changed my life and therefore changed at least part of the world. It doesn't have to be on a big scale. If you affect one person, that changes the world. It's beautifully said, I think. Sometimes saving the world is just being part of the action that leads to to saving it. Quentin maybe had to learn that he doesn't need to bring all the keys, maybe just that key. A small part of the world is still the world. Yeah. And we're all a part of something amazing. I'm gonna be cheesy here and see that the fandom is kind of the mosaic. I think, no. A different shape cheesy. and sometimes when we, when we put it in a certain way, it looks like a vagina. Sometimes the fandom looks like a vagina, not gonna lie. But I think that it's all different things and it can have different shape, but at the end, well, uh, it's what we made. A with. mosaic is taking broken pieces and bringing them together to create a whole image. And I feel like the mosaic is a perfect metaphor for the fandom because we are yeah. broken and we come together. together. We're broken together. We're all in this <laughs> together. And then uh, here is uh, High School Musical starting. What team? Wildcats? <laughs> okay, I wasn't sure. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, let's go with the last audio message. Then we have uh, three other messages and we're done. So it's already near the end. It's, uh, it's with Chase. Okay. So, um... Magicians. Uh, I've learned a lot from the magicians. I mean, the show itself is riddled with little pockets of lessons without making things too smarmy, and I think that's part of the reason it works so well. The rest of the, like, the books and the comics as well, but, like... We see these characters change and grow and become the best versions of themselves, slowly but surely, and sometimes things like that just seem unobtainable to us, or me, like, just out of reach because it's a TV show, and it's not like a TV show is real, right? And... Sure, TV shows don't need to be the end of your lives, but, like, taking lessons from them and finding inspiration and courage from these magics-wielding assholes, that's, that's a really beautiful thing. 
Um, the biggest thing I've learned from the magicians is that it's okay. Um, it's okay to be scared and confused and to cry. It's okay to be a little messy or to not particularly be the best, which is honestly what I struggle with a lot. It's it's okay to change and learn and, and grow like Quentin, like everyone. And, and it's okay that it's scary, which, I don't know, again, I that's a big one I struggle with too. It's even okay if you don't feel like the hero of your own story because you can find people, these wonderful, amazing people that become your family, people just as messy and complicated and beautiful and wonderful as you, to help you become the hero you always wanted to be. You can choose your own family like the whole Break Bills gang did. So I was going to go through a list and to try to break it down by which character has taught me what, but the truth is I can't. Um, it's taking me ages to even write this and to get around to recording it. I keep procrastinating. Um, knocking something down to its bare essentials is something that I've never been particularly good at. And maybe it's cheating, but maybe I'm a little like Quentin when he was younger. I'm flipping over to the start of the book. And if I leave this little thing unfinished, it's like I won't say a proper goodbye to the show. And, well, if I don't say a proper goodbye, it won't end. Right? <laughs> and... So that's the biggest thing that the show and the series, franchise, whatever, has taught me. You're, you're on the precipice in life, in fandom, wherever. Bear with me. Um, and maybe you feel a little like there's no point. Or maybe you feel like you've somehow failed. Um, every single character has been through this at least one point or another. Even the minor ones. But if you keep, if you keep going, if you just let your friends help and support you, that precipice is still there, sure, but suddenly it looks a little uh, less steep. They could point out a bridge across the canyon that was there the whole time, but you were too busy looking at how sheer the drop-off is, you know? Um, I'm rambling, and I've started way too much um, trying to say this anyway, <laughs> but my point is that's the main thing uh, The Magicians has taught me. You can be yourself, and you can improve that self, and you can find a family just as fucked up as you to help you out. It just, it takes a little sometimes. And if that's not what we need right now, I, I honestly don't know what. So. That was beautiful. That was, damn. I love what you were saying, Chase, about um, the bridge. The idea that um, sometimes you need someone to point there's a bridge to the canyon you were looking down. Then it made me think of the rainbow bridge and now I have emotions. I like if I don't say a proper goodbye, then it's not over. Because it is such a mood. It reminds me of, of one of my friends. I don't know if you ever watched the show Firefly. There's only like 12 or 13 episodes or something. But he's never... Mm -hmm. The canceled tour. Yes. But he's never seen the last episode. That way there's always a new episode. I think it's going back to what we were saying in the beginning with Kid Quentin. You're cheating by going back to the beginning of the book. Because you can't start it over. Uh, I love what you were saying about pockets of lesson. That is something I love about the show, how... Yes, there are some episodes that like, here is the moral of this episode. But sometimes it's just through the journey of the characters. The show is not an after-school special. And the moral... It's not digressing. I mean, I would watch Magical Degrassi, though. I feel like there are... Every episode has something to take away from it, but it's not 
like you were saying, it's not, this is the moral of this episode and what you should take away from it. It's little things that build up. Every episode gives you something small to take away. Mm-hmm. And some episodes give you something big to take away. And some episodes you're not over with and you write fan fiction about them. Are you talking specifically about Ariel or? Shut up. <laughs> I will not be silenced. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's go with uh, season that just sent us a long message. Do you mind if we split it? I two? was just about <laughs> to suggest that. I was just about to say okay, we got to tag team this one. Okay. I'm going to read the first page. Read the okay. second. Okay. I'm a level 40 years old woman married 173 years kids ranging from 20 down to nine oh bless your heart uh before i became a mother to many i was vivacious spontaneous bus as bitch you still are damn yeah like um, damn no you still a boss you a boss ass mom bitch when i started my family 20 years ago i was alone isolated not socially actually there was no uh, not socially actually there was no internet in every home back then so i did what my mom did her mom did her mom before her and so on i stopped everything that made me me oh i stopped to work and became a stay-at-home mom i gave up my hobbies and replaced them with kinder gym homemade baby food judgmental playgroup in a person variation of a mommy group on Facebook. School uniforms, diaper, hospital. One of my kids has a congenital disease and requires multiple surgery and lots more hospitals say. And more recently, my husband had dealt with lung cancer for a couple of years now. Over the year, I lost myself. I forgot how to be me. My entire identity revolved around keeping all these humans alive, healthily and happy. Then one day I'm looking for something new to watch and I find a show I'd seen but I didn't notice before. The Magician. A graduate student hones his, ab- his magical abilities and crusade to protect humanity from disaster. Meh, whatever, I'm bored, I'll give it a go. The first thing that grabbed me was Rick Rorty's shoes. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is not even a joke. The man has got some... It's in season five, he wears these fantastic blue shoes that I am obsessed with. Rick Worthy, where do you get your shoes? Uh, I think we need to uh, to tweet Rick that part of the... I will. <laughs> anyway, the first thing that grabbed me was Rick Worthy's shoes. This show ha- gonna have visual texture. Within five minutes, I had an, emotion co- an emotional connection with Quentin Coldwater. Weird, awkward, anxious, surrounded by people, but lonely as fuck. Then I met the most amazing people. And the more I watched, the more I felt the show was written for me. Each and every character is an aspect of my personality. Katie's the young rebel I used to be, the girl I was when I changed myself to a thousand-year-old tree to prevent it from being cut down for a giant concrete pole to support a chairlift. Margot made me brave. She made it okay for me to have a complicated emotion without having to resolve it for the comfort of those around me. Elliot is my sexual fluidity, my secret majestic self. Josh is my fat stoner self. Penny is my hard candy coating, protecting my gooey center. Finn is the friend mom I've always hoped to be, supportive, positive, a cheerleader. 
Alice is my obsessive side, the way she's so singularly, singularly focused, determined to get her goal no matter what it destroys. Julia and I have been through some shit, man. She showed me that I should have let my friends in. Damn. And then I met the fans, and I can't even explain how it felt. I've lived in the boonies, people here have never even heard of the show and have no idea what a fandom is. I found my people, like, holy shit, dude, these people are just like me. They spend their entire Wednesdays prepping for new episodes just like me. They love the characters crazy hard just like me. They're totally in love with the cast members just like me, and for the first time in forever, I felt completely comfortable completely i felt comfortable yeah. for the first time in forever i felt co comfortable completely fangirling remember i'm not 20 anymore my head twitch tattoos are cool not weird so at the age of 40 the show has given me back the woman i used to be made me realize that i'm not old i've just been on hold now i've got to overy up and change some shit i gotta find my quest I'm gonna tell you, Susan, I think you found your quest. Your quest was to find back yourself, and I think you're on a good way right now. I just, I'm so proud of you for first acknowledging that you went into pattern that sometimes you don't know you have. Uh, I, ha I come from a small town um, in Quebec, and all the people that stayed there and didn't move to like a bigger city all have kids and a house and a, a car and have a job and I don't I, they went through the motion of like that's what you do after you graduate but the fact that you went in that pattern and yet you managed to found something and instead of shy away from it you embraced it and say like fuck yeah that's my people and when you say like I felt comfortable I felt com comfortable completely fangirling remember I'm not 20 anymore you can be 60 and still fangirl. It's okay to fangirl. Let's own fangirling. It's not just for kids. It's not. If you look around at Comic-Con. Exactly. 40 years old dude can freak out about Spider-Man. Why can't we about the magician? And we're better dressed. I need season to write a book. I'm sorry. <sighs> I just... There were so many times... I had to to stop in reading this because, oh my God, yeah, you change yourself to a thousand year old tree to prevent it from being cut. That is badass. You have a poetry there that tap on it, and you have raised a small army of magicians. And Hedwig tattoo are cool and weird, and it's okay. I am so glad that she found a place she felt comfortable expressing herself because I understand living in the middle of nowhere and people thinking you're weird because you're into fantasy and D&D &D and this sci-fi show and people don't get it when you live in the boonies because and, your best friend is a deer. And I'm sure that uh, I want to thank you to put yourself out there and wrote this beautiful email. Um, I'm sure you put word into a lot of people that didn't say it. I know a fan that has your age that feel the same way. I am just so, and this is, goes back to what we were talking about earlier, how even, you know, us that are 
at the time the show came out in our mid 20s early to late 20s we felt like well now is the time when i grow up some of us did the college some of us dropped out of the college it's time for me to do the grow up and to get a husband and have some some children and bake a casserole and go to pta i don't know what grown-ups do I'm going to level with you, don't. Time to pay taxes. But this just shows that no matter how old you are, magic is going to be waiting for you. You just have to find it. You just have to let it in. And uh, I want Season to DM me, like, immediately. (laughs) Don't know your Twitter handle. I don't know if you're on Twitter. I just want you to know that uh, you're seen more than you think. And if you need support or someone to yell that about the magician, I'm going to say it again. We're here for you. And I want to hear about your the quests that you've accomplished so far because there have been many and there are more to come. Holy shit. <laughs> and I, I really like the part Julia and I have been through some shit. Yeah. Because I feel like there's a lot of fans who relate really hard to that yeah and i've noticed something about every single audio and every single person who sent something in and that is that every single person has pointed out i found friends right it's just it's beautiful how i i wanted to be about like what the show showed us and made our love and it ended up with this opera of love for fans. What the show showed us was not something that could be scripted or written. It was, the show showed us people like us. Yeah. That we could communicate with, oh my God. Well, Jasper is (laughs) going back here since I'm gonna continue with Stephanie's letter. The magician taught me that there is magic all around us. In just being there when someone needs you the most, you don't even have to talk and just sitting there helps. In doing everything that you can for one you love, even if you get hurt in the process. In making you a friend and giving those you usually write off a chance. In sticking up for yourself and not always leaning on the knight and shiny armor to do so. In loving with your whole heart, even if you lose that person or that thing magic in time and learning to love yourself flaws and scars included it's beautiful what you said about not relying on the knight on the shiny armor i think that's something that quentin learns in season one and the character the other character learned through the rest of the other season sometimes you're the knight in shining armor yeah. Sometimes, sometimes there's no knight in shining armor. So you gotta grab some tin foil and make do. <laughs> and yeah, it, it, I, I I love the learning to love yourself, flaws uh, and scar. Uh, that is something that the show is unapologetic with. I think Margot's arc in the desert is just the quote. Quintessential, the 
the the the ultimate. <laughs> it's been a journey. I agree. And finally, we're gonna finish with nap. Oh, okay. Okay. Ooh. So we got one. Are we? Is this the the last one? The last one. Oh gosh. We're gonna cut it down so it's quicker. But right now we've been recording for two hours and. I, yeah, I could I do that all that. day. <laughs> I could do that all day. It's just beautiful. What they're really everything you, you you have no idea. It's really beautiful. I have been rendered speechless so many times by people's responses and reactions. And there's a lot of things I'm gonna be thinking about for several days. Me too. So when you're ready, can you read that? Will I ever be ready? Okay. <laughs> I've been watching The Magicians for a few years now and love it with all my heart. It's taught me that magic and adventure are always waiting out there. You just have to go find what inspires you and do what you love. It will come to you in time and never lose hope. The Magicians has also shaped how I view myself and that the characters have helped me find self-confidence and strength. Also, this amazing cast has helped me learn so much about how I approach my work in theater and acting. It's been an absolute joy to grow and learn from them, even if it's just through a screen. Watching them beautifully portray such complex characters is so inspiring and continuously reminds me why I love performing. Lastly, this show has shown me how much art and stories have the ability to shape one's worldview. I've seen it in myself as well as in countless other fans, especially within the past year. It's so vital to be conscious about the message your art shares. Be well, be kind. Okay, this this letter being the last was totally at random, and I think it summarized everything we've been talking about. I feel like it. it, it they brought up something that that hasn't really been brought up, which is how amazing it is watching the actors portray these characters and just yeah. like the, the subtle emotions. And I go ahead, and everyone's thinking it. So, hails micro emotions when he's Elliot the little flinches uh, the fact that Jason decided that every time Quentin casts he shakes his hand at the, at the end works too much magic in his hand and um, we're gonna see it more and more but in season 3 we're transitioning from P- Penny 40 to Penny 23 and the change is amazing like having watching li- live season 4 and 5 while I was um recording season one and two for the podcast made me realize the subtle change that Arjun made in Penny, that he's, he's still Penny, but he's not Penny. I was thinking about that just the other day watching him, but it's just enough that you recognize it's not the same Penny. But yeah, I think I think it's, it's time to close the show. I just, when I decided, hey Seth, what did you learn from the magician? Don't eat Oreos. Magicians can't eat Oreos. Magician can't eat Oreos. When I, I I did this prompt, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna have one or two answer, and we're gonna talk about it. <laughs> we learned more than a dozen, and I'm just blown away by that. And I swear I could read more and talk more about it. It's just what you're writing, guys. It's just so beautiful. Um, I might put them all on the Tumblr of the podcast, um, just so for people to read. It's just, thank you. 
um, in this time of isolation and worry, seeing so much love, it's just beautiful. Everyone is just coming together in such an amazing way. And you know what, Kat? We haven't talked about what we learned from the magicians. Huh, it's true. Anyway, that's our show. Goodbye. Okay, <laughs> uh, what did you learn? I've shared my story on Twitter, part of my story on Twitter. I'm actually going to go ahead and, and pin it at some point. And the Magicians was the first thing in a long time that was mine. And I learned there was so much to take away from it. Mm-hmm. Hold on, I need to get my words straight. I think one of the biggest takeaways from the show for me was it's okay to fuck up. Hmm. Because sometimes you can try your hardest and things still don't go the way you want them to. Sometimes you can do everything right and you still accidentally summon a god who kills all of your friends. Sometimes you can deal everything right and then someone else has a senior fate. Exactly. But that doesn't mean... <clears throat> One of the takeaways from the show was just because it doesn't work doesn't mean you stop trying. Even when you're terrified, flipping out, nothing's going right, you don't get to stop trying. You get up and you try again tomorrow. And then there's the fandom. <laughs> <laughs> I had no friends before this show I didn't know how to make friends and I know during the first season I definitely tried really hard to the point it was too hard and it was like an alien trying to mimic human interactions because by this point my emotions were you can read my whole thing on on Twitter if you want but I didn't have a good grasp on emotions So I was really bad at making friends and talking to people. Really, really bad. But people in the fandom were fine with that. It was fine that I didn't know what I was doing. They were just kind of glad I was there. I feel like I lost my point somewhere in there. No, it's it's beautiful what you said, I think. Yeah. It, It gave me more than I could have ever thought was possible. Gave me strength and and courage. I can feel things again. You got your shade back. I did. That's before the show, I really had lost my shade. And I didn't think Mm -hmm. that would ever come back. Don't worry, the fandom went to the end of the row and got it for you. The fandom pulled me out of hell. Your turn. Uh, I think I said it a bit in Olivia's message of how I wouldn't be the same without the fandom, but I'm gonna say I was, when I discovered the show, I was at a point where Quentin was in the beginning of the show, trying to pretend to fit in and thinking that you have to give away what you love for being an adult. And then the show stumbled into me like it stumbled into, Quentin stumbled into great builds. And it brought the magic back in my life. And through 
the characters struggle and success and failure and moral dilemma and true defendant debate and through a lot of love and a lot of work I discover that I'm about to cry. Okay. I'm looking back at, at at season one Catherine, I'm gonna say. I went on my quest too. I think that uh, this show made me go through my own quest of the seven key because I learned how to handle the truth, even the, the one I don't want to do. I learned how to manage my depression. I discovered that a bit like um, one of the messages that the beauty of all life may, may be not me writing my name in the sky, but just loving my husband. I don't remember any <laughs> keys, but it, it brought me... A quest is about sacrifice and it's about transformation. And through this show, I made sacrifice and transform into who I am. And without Lev's amazing world and the hard work of all the cast and crew and writer, I wouldn't be here doing this podcast right now, I think. I was in a point where being alive was not necessary. And now, as hard as it is to be alive, especially in the time of self-isolation, you're not alone. Oh, look at us. We're hanging out right now. And I have bunnies. Okay. You have two beautiful children. Um, see how when I go really uh, serious, I always end up goofing. That's one of my coping mechanisms. But uh, for real, I got my bunnies because I got obsessed with them after season three. So they're my children. So this has been our, our special episode. Usually... Um, Philorian United is a bit more structured, basic as uh, as of next week. Next week we're at the beginning of uh, our April. Yeah, yeah. As of next week, we are starting a new season of the show. We're gonna watch season three, starting with Jasper as a guest host for this first episode. Recording, and then I got confused because I always forget that season four and season three aren't the same season. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, we're gonna start with season three, one of my favorite season. I hope you stay. Basically, we watch the episode, we talk about it for a team. We'll we take a sentence from the the show and we try to dig into it and what it means to us, and um, and then we rate the characters that should do better and should do uh, or or ended good in the episode. It's really fun. I'm having a lot of a lot of fun doing it. I, I love it. Hope- <laughs> <laughs> yeah just thank you for being there people fandom i hope everyone is okay um, if you're not reach out yes and um i'm gonna end on the fact that i'm sure everything's happening because they broke the moon marina broke the moon and can i just go ahead and say i would like to give my rose to the fandom and my face to sci-fi <laughs> You know, I actually planned to say that at the very beginning of the podcast, and then I forgot. I love it. (laughs) It's perfect. I think that's the ending. Right there. Perfect. (laughs)